Welcome to my podcast, Follow Your Bliss, with me, Nicola Fisher. I'll be talking to people who inspire me and asking them about the journeys they've taken navigating change and how this has led them to find fulfilment and purpose. If you're on a quest to create a meaningful life for yourself, I hope these conversations inspire you too. Nick Shelton, known as the Connected Introvert, is the author of An Introvert's Guide to World Domination. It's the story of how Nick, a dyed-in-the-wool introvert, learnt to harness his unique personal style and make it work for him. I was 47 when I truly understood what it meant to be an introvert and I could have done with this book earlier in my life. I love this conversation and the journey Nick has taken to create his own network and do some extraordinary things. Our conversation will challenge your ideas about what you can achieve as an introvert and help you have experiences you might never have thought possible. I hope you enjoy today's episode. What I'm really interested in is how has being an introvert impacted your life? Just in general, how it's impacted my life? Yeah, yeah. Because I think from um, my experience, it took me a really long time to actually appreciate what being an introvert meant. I was probably about 47 when I finally understood what being an introvert was. And I spent a lot of my career with people putting on my annual appraisals oh, Nicola needs to speak up more in meetings. And, you know, I'd go into meetings and I'd try really hard to chip in and ask questions and contribute, but it was such an effort. It was really hard. And I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought, oh, my extrovert colleagues were doing it right and I was doing it wrong. And, yeah, it took me a long time to actually understand and see being an introvert was actually a strength. Right. Yeah. It's a completely different personality type that has its own, you know, positives to it. And so I'd say in my life, it's much like you in the earlier days, it was very difficult because, you know, you see other people, uh, the extroverts stepping out, stepping up and stepping out into the light and, and they, they get the opportunities, they get the, uh, all the cool stuff happens with them. They they get to to be in the the right crowd. You know they'll they'll get the the girl or the guy. They'll get the uh, the the cool job uh, placement and things like that. And and then so you know for me I was always sitting in the shadows off to the side, and that was really uncomfortable. It was it wasn't good because I felt that. I should be able to have those opportunities too, but you know, without having to necessarily, you know, turn into an extrovert or something like that. But you know, how? <laughs> that was the big thing. How? How? How do I get in there without, you know, while, while still staying true to my uh, how I feel I'm supposed to be? I'm more of a reserved, quiet person. I like to. Uh, observe, see what people are doing, and then if I have something to say, then you know, just kind of tuck it in there, a little quiet. Hey, this is my <laughs> two cents, uh, but not in a like an overbearing, loud sort of "Hey, pay attention to me" sort of thing. It's it was it was much more subtle. So it, I think, it kind of made me quietly suffer for many, many years, and then one day I figured, oh, wait a minute. I can actually make this into, this can actually be a strength and I can actually use it to my advantage. Once you know uh, how how you are and it's okay to be that way, then you can actually use it. Just like uh, even in relationships, in romantic relationships, uh, I you see like in the movies or around with your friends how their relationships are and I, 
figured out, oh, wait a minute, when I try to do my relationships that way, it wasn't really working. Uh, so I, because I need more time, I, I have a lot of alone time and I need that. And so I need a partner that can understand that, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, ignore them or anything like that. But for the best for both of us, I will also need just some alone time to kind of recharge and then I can put my best into that relationship. And that took a long time for me to learn. But now that I know that, uh, it's it's much better because I can express those ideas early and say, hey, this is, you know, don't misinterpret this. This is just kind of what I need to be at my optimum. I'm going to need some, some alone time here and I'm going to I express myself in these ways. So because a lot of times people can, uh, they'll draw their own conclusions and they might misunderstand what your, your, your behavior is. And then that can create some issues. So if you, if you understand yourself and you can explain that to other people that are going to be around you, then it helps the dynamic flow a lot better. Mm. Yeah, I completely understand the alone time thing. Um, you know, I, I need my time alone and I need to do things on my own. I've, I've always been like that. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it is adapting, isn't it? And finding ways to manage that. You also said about, um, but, you know, being an introvert can be a strength how do you see that how when you work with people or talk to people who are introverts how do you help them understand that that is a strength so i i think some of the strengths are the observation because you know most of the time you're not if you're not talking you're you're so you're you're listening and you're observing so you you see more than somebody who's just out there talking and being in the spotlight you're so you have an advantage on knowing really what's going on. And with the listening, everybody likes a good listener. Everyone can appreciate someone who listens. And so if you're not talking, you're listening usually. And so if you're listening and you're observing, you're getting a lot more information and then you can make better decisions, better choices, and you have a uh, better idea of the lay of the land, so to speak. You, you have a better grasp on the, the big picture on what's going on. So I think that you can use that to, uh, when you're making your plan to <laughs> advance, you can, you'll have more of an idea of, uh, than somebody who was uh, really over the top, speaking all the time, not paying attention, not listening. And they go in there, they are getting a lot of attention, but you can be more calculated and you'll actually have more information. And I think you actually can come across as more likable once you do engage with somebody and you have the information because you've actually been paying attention and, mm. and listening to them. So you'll be able to connect with them a little bit better because you'll be able to see, uh, when looking around the room, for example, you'll be able to see who uh, might have a similar personality to yours. Like, so you'll see who the the extroverts are. You'll see who's more reserved. And then maybe you can reach out to them first and then make your way over to the more extroverted people. But you'll have more information with which to do that. And I think that that going in more prepared to, uh, you know, build those relationships and talk to people, I think that's a huge advantage because... Mm -hmm. You know, I know when people talk to me, if they if it seems like they have been paying attention and and picked up some things that I've said and they come to me with that, then that's much more of a, a connection with me than if they seems like they weren't paying attention at all. They they were making a lot of noise, but they come to me and and it seems like they have not noticed or paid attention or heard anything that I've been talking about previously. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I call it having a hook to hang my hat on. It's, I need sort of a point of reference so that I can have a conversation with somebody. And if I've got some sort of connection or a point of reference, then that really helps. And right. I think it, 
it's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's recognizing something maybe in somebody else or um, having an area of common interest. But um, yeah, I find it, it can be quite a challenge talking to somebody if you can't kind of find something to hang your hat on. And <laughs> right. um, I don't know whether that's just me or it's an introvert, an introvert thing in general. Um, but yeah, I, with the observation, um, I love sitting and watching people and picking up on stuff. And I think as an introvert, you tend to, you, you really tend to notice small details that, that a lot of other people don't notice. And I don't know whether that's an element of intuition as well, or it's just an introvert thing. But um, yeah, that's a skill that I really enjoy having. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, a huge, well, let's see, how would I say this? Uh, a lot of people have told me, they said, you notice everything, you notice all these details. And I said, I can't help it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there. So I might as well take it in. But yes, it does help me. And like you said, a, a hook to hang your hat on. It's, it does help me with engaging with people because I noticed something and then I can actually talk to them about whatever it was that I noticed that I think might be of interest to them from my observations. Yeah. I've been looking through your book as well. Um, and there's a lot in there that I'd love to talk to you about. Okay. Um, and I think as well, the whole idea of networking, especially for introverts, and I think for some extroverts as well, it can be a challenge, but especially for in introverts, it's, often a real struggle and you had so many great ideas and suggestions in the book that I'm definitely going to implement there were one or two things that I've kind of already started doing for myself so if I go to a networking event I'll often find somebody who's sat in the corner or sat on their own and kind of make a beeline for them or I might find someone who's wearing something interesting and then go and say, oh, I love your hat or your coat or your shoes and, you know, use that as a bit of an icebreaker. But you had so many different really great ideas. So how, how did you get into the whole networking? What was it that started you looking at that and working out a whole system for yourself? Well, I, I wanted to be around people that could uh, that were achieving things some people that were uh you know that had vision that were high achievers that were were doing things because i felt that if i could be around them then some of their habits would rub off on me and you know also uh it would give me an opportunity to maybe get a, a mentor in different areas of my life and mm -hmm. we've heard the sayings you know uh you're the uh who you spend time with is who you become and and you're the mm. some of the five people you spend the most time with and things like that and so i said i need to be around uh, some people that i you know admire and want to uh that can use like maybe as a model for things that i want to do in my life and if i'm around people that you know or have a lot of bad habits that are are doing things that i don't want to do that are not good role models then you know, how am I supposed to go down the, the path that I want to go down? So I want to be around some people that are doing some things that I find fascinating. And so I started going to the the groups, the networking groups, the uh, or meetups or just different, different like hobby groups and just first observing because I, I think people think you have to initially just run in and you know be a hot shot right out the gate but you can just go and sit there's no pressure you don't have to go and and talk to everybody so uh even at restaurants i would just go out you know table for one and i would just <laughs> sit there and i would just watch people at the other tables in the restaurant and say okay let's see what's going on how's how what's going on with that group what seems to be working over there these people over here seem to be on a date what's happening there there's some people over here celebrating something it looks like. What's and so I just kind of see how people would interact with each other. And because I didn't know how to do that, <laughs> my my uh, way of interacting, I said, I don't know how to really interact with people. So 
watching others, you can see, oh, this seems to work. This seems to work. This doesn't seem to work. And then so when I, I started putting the pieces together and then I would experiment on myself, I was the lab rat and I would <laughs> say, let's, let's see what happens. I will try this. I'll try this. And, and then when things would start to work, I would say, okay, more of that and less of this. And so I used myself as the experiment to uh, just go out and try to engage with people and see what happened. And I, and the whole reason for it was I just wanted to be able to uh, find a way, oh, I should add this in also. I had read a bunch of books about you know networking and things like that, but they all seemed to be uh, for people like regular normal people. And I said, well, what what about people like us? You know, what yeah. are we supposed to do? Because they didn't talk to, to people like us. They just would say, oh, just go and do this. And like, well, I can't, that's, I can't just go and do that. What, 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 what are the steps? Like starting from the beginning, a lot of people, so a lot of books also will tell you something. Like if you say, how do you do this? They start you off somewhere in the middle. But I say, well, I, I don't need to start in the middle. I need to start at the beginning. How do I start from not being able to do this at all to trying to build to it. So it was my goal to try to figure out how to do that. And then once I figured out how to do it, I said, I need to share this with other people because there's a lot of people that have the same issue and they also would like to know this, I'm sure. So let me be the one to you know get it out there and help other people. And, and we've had some really great a success with that so far. Well, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's such a big challenge for people networking and, you know, in particular people like us who are introverts, it's, it's a real challenge. You mentioned that some of the um, kind of putting together the process came from your time in the Air Force and you'd looked at how they simplified tasks and broke them down. And that helped you create a kind of process as well for networking. Yes. And so that, so an example would be, uh, so folding a shirt, they have a certain way that they show you to fold a shirt and you have to fold it that way. And, but if someone just gave you this folded shirt and said, Hey, fold it like this, You'd say, I don't know how I'm supposed to fold it to look like that. Or, you know, in the movies, they always show you about the uh, making of the bed. You know, oh, the bed has to be perfect. You can bounce, you know, some coins off of it and all this. And but if somebody just said, hey, look, I did this. You go ahead and do it just like me. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And you say, well, no, I don't know. How, how am I supposed to do that? But they would take something and they break it down into these simple steps and then so anyone can do it. So there's a lot of, uh, sure, in the military, there's a lot of people with high IQs, but there's people with low IQs too. And there's a whole range of people, but everybody in the end is able to do these tasks because they just say, let's break it down. Here's what you do. Step one, step two. And then once you just, just do this step, then the next step, then the next step, the next thing you know, you have a perfectly folded shirt or you have a perfectly made bed. And they do that with everything. So even complicated military things and simple military things, they break everything down to, I think they say something like a third grade level or something like that. They, they make it really simple. And so I said, hey, hey, we can use this for other things. So just like with this uh, you know, networking and socializing, communicating, why don't we take that and break it down into really simple steps instead of just saying, yeah, just walk into the party and say, hey, I've arrived and start dancing with somebody. No, it's <laughs> that's a huge step. How about, you know, let's talk about when you just arrive, you're sitting there before you walk in. What are you supposed to do before you walk in? Then when you're walking in, what it, what you, what's your goal? Where do you, what do you do as you're walking in? You know, just breaking it down into the the simplest steps so then it becomes intuitive and you don't have to memorize anything really. It just, it just small steps that make sense. I find it is a really easy way for it to work for me and to show others how to repeat the process. That makes sense. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. I like the story that you told when you went, um, I think you'd gone into a bar to wait for a friend and they texted you and said they weren't going to be able to make it. And you ended up talking to the band and a ballerina and you got tickets to the ballet and tickets to watch the band. And that was just from you going and sitting in there and starting a conversation with the bartender. And I just... I really liked that, just the possibilities of giving it a chance, I suppose, and doing something proactive as well. Yes, that was absolutely terrifying when I <laughs> when I got that text that he wasn't showing up because, you know, I think I said in the story that, so I had to sit at the bar because that, that was the only place to sit. And I always avoided sitting at the bar because if you sit at the bar, people talk to you. And it's like, oh, no, someone's going to talk to me because I'm sitting here. And, you know, I was just wanting to talk to my friend. I wasn't trying to talk to strangers that evening. And but, you know, instead of going home, I said, let me just sit here and figure this out. And I know what to do. Let me just go through the steps. And so uh, that's another thing that I, I tell people this. This isn't theory that I'm teaching people. This is stuff that I actually go through myself. And I figure it out. And so all the stuff that I tell people how to do, it's stuff that I've personally done. So yeah, that evening, it just started off with the basic conversation, some compliments, asking a few questions, and then it's just built and built. And uh, it, it turned out to be really a great evening. And yeah, it just starts by, you know, showing up and not leaving when you see it might get difficult or there's a curve in the road and and then just working through the steps because I knew the steps I just had to actually do it and it was it was really uh pain free when it came down to it. it it actually worked out and I think as well when you use those opportunities and you get such a great payback it's it's kind of quite exciting really and it's um making the most of a moment that you could otherwise have just abandoned and not had that end result i think it's it's always nice when stuff like that happens too yes it reinforced everything and so at the end of the night i i knew hey, i made the right decision and then it really helped me move forward and that's another thing that i like uh to try to give people really simple steps that are, they're going to see results with right away because I know that if you can see results quickly, then it'll encourage you to keep moving forward and you'll get excited, get your hopes up and move forward. But if, if it's too difficult right out the gate or I give you something and you don't get results, then you might get discouraged and you might not want to move forward. So the easier we can make it and the, the, the if you can see results right away, and they don't have to be as dramatic as I got that evening it can just be just some small result where you say hey something you know nothing bad happened something actually kind of good happened then yeah. it encourages you to do it again yeah so what sort of work do you do with people are you you, you offer them services and coaching and things like that yeah so i i have workshops i do uh some coaching services and uh, I also have an online video course and then and I do some uh, public speaking as well. And then and that's why how the book came about was I didn't have the book and I would do some speaking and then people would come up and say, hey, we would love to get your book. Where can we find it? And I'd say, oh, I don't have one. <laughs> so I said, well, people keep asking for a book and uh, I probably need to put this information in that format so it's accessible to more people so people can can learn about it because people obviously wanted to know about it but you know I, I, it was limited and you just had to happen to have heard of me or be at one of the things I'm speaking at but now with the book it, it's helping people uh, actually uh, be able to get a, a good grip on what I'm trying to do and so uh, you know, they can dip a toe in the water. They can just get the book and they can look through it and see, hey, is this for me? And if they feel connected with it, if it's resonating with them, then maybe they'll say, what else does he have? I would like to learn more. Or maybe they'll say, 
this isn't a fit for me. And, you know, then, but they, you know, it was, they didn't take too much time and effort for them to figure that out. But I think the book is a good, uh, a good starting point for people to, you know, see what I'm talking about and see if it resonates with them. And, you know, so far people have been really enjoying it. Even extroverts have, have enjoyed the message too, because uh, I think you said a little bit earlier that they might not know how to really connect or, you know, build their networks. They might be extroverted, but they still could use a little help or a little edge in certain parts of their communication. And so they're getting value out of it too. And that's, it's really great. Like uh, in the, the show, The Grinch That Stole Christmas, when the Grinch's heart got big at the end, it's like, it makes my heart, you know, grow as well like that. I feel really good that, you know, people are getting value out of it. Yeah. So as an introvert, how did you find public speaking? Ah, so I really enjoy public speaking. And what happened was in, in university, I was uh, terrified of it. So I said, hey, let me, I know this is a good skill. Let me take a class. And so I was in a class and I was completely, completely scared. And, you know, I went up there, I was shaking and I was able to get through it and it seemed to go pretty well. So I said, hey, if I can uh, do this a few more times. So I did it a few more times. And then for some reason, one time I, I just got excited to do it and I got a lot of feedback. There were some pretty girls in there that uh, said, oh yeah, that was wonderful. And I said, oh wow, I really like this. So uh, for some reason, some kind of switch in me just flipped and I really enjoyed public speaking and it was easy for me to do it uh, versus, so if you said, hey, would you like to get on stage and talk to a hundred people or would you like to go walk over there and talk to two people? I would say, I will talk to the hundred people on stage because uh, for some reason for me, it feels more like like a, a dream sort of scenario. So if yeah. I, when I'm public speaking, it feels like, well, this is just, it's, it's like a dream. It's like a, it's not, it's like a simulation. I'm just up there just talking, but I'm not talking to any, I'm not singling out someone and saying you, <laughs> but if I get into an elevator and there's two people there, then it's much more difficult for me to engage with the two people than it is for me to just stand up and talk to a hundred. I, uh, I don't know why that is, but that's how it, how it turned out for me and I'm okay with it. That's good. It's fascinating, isn't it? How we're all so different and we have different skills and what might terrify one person is actually easier for somebody else. I think um, it's, yeah, the whole introvert thing I find fascinating and just how we all tick. So um, I wanted to ask you if you'd had any pivotal moments in your life and moments when you'd really sort of changed um, tack maybe and started going in a different direction. Yes, I have. There's two that I can think of off the top of my head. There's one that... Uh that I mentioned in the book where, you know, I had really gone down a dark path. You know, I had uh, lost my fiance, lost all my money. I was working as a security guard and, uh, and I thought, well, this is, this is it. This is the end of my life. My life wasn't supposed to be like this. It was supposed to go in a different direction, but I don't know how. And I had decided to end my life that night. And, but, you know, I didn't. Naturally, there was a voice in my head that said, you have to save your own life. And that was a pivotal moment for me because I said, you know, you know, I'd never heard a voice in my head before that that had said anything like that. And so I, I said, wait a minute, you know, because at first I couldn't see a way to move forward. And then when I sat there, it all kind of came to me, hey, I think I know how to do this. I think I know how to do this now. And before that moment, I couldn't see it. But then after that moment, I could see, hey, I need to actually start, you know, taking action to elevate my 
social circle and to be around people that can help pull the best out of me, you know, by, uh, and that's, so this uh, networking thing really was a lifesaver for me because it was able to get me around people that I said, hey, I, who do I want to be like or who has the habits that I want? Let me be around people like that and get exposed to more of that. And, you know, I wanted a more high end life for myself. So I said, hey, why, I don't need to have money to to go to high end things, which I talk about uh, in the book. I, I can just start going and be around that atmosphere and make friends in that atmosphere, their habits will rub off on me. And, and, and so at that moment, I realized, hey, I, I know how to do this. I just haven't done it. I just need to actually put the steps in place and do it. And so that moment, really, when I made a decision, a decision to, uh, to change my life, to upgrade my life uh, through my relationships, uh, that was a pivotal moment. And then there was another moment where I was visiting a, uh, I was with a friend and we were visiting his mother's, <laughs> or we were visiting his mother and his mother's boyfriend was over at the house. And when I met this man, uh, I was really fascinated. He was a, an old uh, army veteran and he had traveled around the world. And so he had these crazy stories about traveling around the world. And we'd only talked to him for maybe an hour. Then he left. And then for about the next six months, it was in my mind. I was like, I have to contact this man. And I never do stuff like this. I would never just be like, hey, I need to talk to your mom's boyfriend, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but it kept bugging me. Uh, it just this intuition was just saying, hey, you need to get in contact with him. So I said, hey, uh, I need to talk to your mom and then so and try to talk to her boyfriend. And then when uh, I called him, I said, hey, you know, you might not remember me. I met you six months ago, but uh, you had some fascinating stories. I'd like to talk to you further. And he said, yeah, come on over. So uh, it turned out the beginning of a wonderful friendship. Uh, so every other Sunday or so I would go over and we would, you know, cook and uh, have some cocktails and he would talk about you know, the world, and this was before I uh, started traveling around the world. So I've been to 37 countries now myself, mm -hmm. but uh, he really opened my eyes to a more international perspective and uh, talking about people and cultures and also uh, uh, different ways to, you know, relate to people. And, and that was like a really good mentor that just happened to come into my life at the right time and something drove me toward, you know, finding out more. And that was a, another very pivotal moment in that mm -hmm. uh, it, it really kind of changed the trajectory of my life and made me think a lot bigger than I was thinking uh, because I was more of a local thinker at the time. And then it just broadened my, my uh, view to a more international worldly view and made me, really strive for, for a much wider uh, lifestyle, international lifestyle. And that mm. has made a huge difference. There's a couple of things from there that I just want to talk to you about. Um, if we go back to that moment when you were thinking of taking your life and you yeah. said you heard a voice that said you have to save your own life, um, on one of my other podcasts, this series, um, somebody had a similar moment and they also heard a voice and that changed their life as well. And I just find it fascinating. Have you had any thoughts on where that voice came from? Is it sort of your voice or in your head or external Right. It, it did not sound like my voice. It was an <laughs> external voice and uh, it was, you know, very strong and assured and uh, confident. And, you know, I'm not sure where it came from, but I know that uh, it was, it was like they say, let's see, what's, I don't know if there's a, I know there's a saying, I don't know if I know the saying, but sometimes, you know, when you're trying to find your path, 
And then they say, sometimes your path finds you. And so yeah. this was kind of my, my path finding me. And I think uh, another thing about it was I had spent so much time in my life, uh, especially, you know, when it got dark like that, thinking, when's it all going to come together? You know, because, you know, I'm not a, the most patient person. So I said, oh, I want it now. I want I want it all to fall into place now. And I felt that I'd spent so much time working on my life and it wasn't showing me the results that I wanted. But in hindsight, I can see that, you know, I was, I was, putting the pieces into place that I couldn't do what I'm doing now. Cause I feel like I'm doing what I was put here to do right now. But at that time I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now because I hadn't gone through all the steps first. I hadn't uh, developed the whole thing. So it's kind of like uh, in the movie back to the future, the DeLorean has to get to 88 miles per hour first before you can travel through time. And so I hadn't hit that mark yet. And so uh, as a message to some of your listeners also, if they're feeling like, hey, everything should be happening right now for me, maybe, you know, your the time when stuff happens for you, you're still building those skills to mm -hmm. to get to that point. And so for me, I think that this voice was, you know, just kind of letting saying, okay, stop. You don't know what you're doing. Just here, move forward. Here's a little vision. So my vision, you know, was to, oh, wait a minute. I think I do know what to do from here. I do know the next step. And then I, all I had to do was take that next step, but still it wasn't complete at that time. It's not like, okay, my life is figured out. Let me go on. I still had to go through the steps and, you know, gain those skills first and then Later, everything fell into place, but I was trying to rush it because I wanted it to happen on my time instead of whatever the time is that whatever powers that be had already. They said, no, this is not your timeline. Your timeline's over here. So mm. I think that that was, so I'm not sure exactly what the voice was, but I thank, I thank the voice. I'm very grateful uh, mm. because I would have, you know, ended my journey before my journey had, you know, barely begun. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. It's like if uh, in the Star Wars movies at the very beginning, Luke Skywalker says, yeah, this is too hard. I'm not going to you know, go against the empire. You know, I'll just kind of have a seat and, and just relax, work at the car wash or something. No, he had to be called to his destiny. And mm -hmm. I think that, that was my, like my call to my destiny. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, again, you know, this theme has gone through a lot of these conversations where there's a pivotal moment. And, you know, what you said is really good advice to people that life has its own sort of timeline. And sometimes the moments that we want to, to rush and get to are not ready for us. And yeah, I think it's the whole concept of that is really fascinating. I think we've got to hit certain milestones to be able to progress and continue on that journey. Right. Um, so let me just have a look. Um, oh, yeah, there's a few things I just wanted to ask you about networking that I just thought were really cool. Um, you talk about um, getting pre-known. Are, yeah. are you a Big Bang fan, Big Bang Theory fan by any chance? I I think I've only watched the first season of it. I know there are oh, many seasons, yeah. but I've only watched the first one <laughs> a while ago. But I'm familiar with the show, but I don't know the, the latest. Um, I just wonder, because Sheldon talks in one of the episodes about going into something pre-blown. Um, and when I read that pre-known, it was sort of, I wondered whether you'd watch The Big Bang. But tell us a bit about going into something pre-known, because I thought that was really good as well. And that's something that I haven't particularly done. Okay. Yeah, so pre-known, and I think it's really good especially now it's always good but it's uh when you know if 
wherever your listeners are, if they're experiencing any like lockdowns or anything right now where they're spending more time at home and they want to uh, know what they can do with their time uh, is they can they can put forth some of these exercises. So the pre-known is almost anything. So it, whether it be your workplace or your industry, or if it's just uh, a social circle that you want to be a part of. So it could just be, you know, I think I use beekeepers or, you know, glass blowers or something like that. You can, uh, almost everything has a, an online forum or a chat group. And so you can get, get involved in that, log on and first observe, right? And you watch and see who the, because there's usually just a few, a handful of people that are the, the main talkers in there. And so see what they're talking about. And then you can kind of piggyback on them and either uh, compliment something they say or ask a question or you know, say, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, what about this? And, and just kind of involve yourself in the conversation. And then after a little while, uh, they'll get used to seeing your name pop up. And then so when they do have... Uh, thing. So if it's the beekeepers thing and they say, hey, we're going to go have a, a, a we're going to meet up at this place and talk about beekeeping. And you also you might not even care about beekeeping. You might want to just meet people that are into beekeeping because you think it's fascinating. Like me, I, I don't want to keep bees, but I think it's fascinating. So I say, hey, who would do something like that? I would like to meet the type of people that would do that. So if I'd been talking to a few of the main uh, talkers online uh, in the online forum. So let's say Jim and Susan, then I can say, hey, uh, this Thursday, I know there's the meetup and I'm planning to see you there. I'm looking forward to seeing you there, Jim and Susan. However, I'm pretty quiet. So please be looking for me as well. And then that way, when I show up, you know, I'm not just walking into a cold room. I'm walking into a place where I'm looking for someone that I've kind of had a pre-conversation with and they're looking for me also. And then uh, it just, it smooths the process of, uh, of actually showing up and going somewhere. And you can also do this on LinkedIn as well. On the LinkedIn site, you can uh, find people that are doing uh, things in your, in your industry or that are, in whatever hobbies that you might like and you can reach out and you know chat with them a little bit and then when something comes up it's not like they've never heard of you before now at least your name they they know the name and they just have yet to meet you you know because trust is built face to face so mm -hmm. you still need the face to face time but this is like uh a, a just a pre-certification so you can go in there and at least they can say, oh, yes, I remember talking to you about this. And then uh, it, it really smooths out the process once you actually are face to face. with them. Mm. Yeah, it makes really good sense that. And I think, you know, now with technology and social media, like you say, it's easier to do that. I think that's a really good idea. Um, some of the things that I read in the book, you, you're doing quite amazing stuff. And there were these great pictures that I've seen of you, you know, with champagne in your hand, a glass of champagne in your hand and standing near what looks like a private jet. And you talk about Maserati driving and <laughs> how you get yourself on all these lists, things that I'd never considered. Um, why, why do you do that? Is it to get you into that network of people um, who are sort of high achievers and people that you want to engage with? Is that why you're doing that? Well, it's I do it because I've always been fascinated. I've always wanted to be around high-end stuff. And so, mm -hmm. but I don't, I'm a minimalist, so I don't own a lot of stuff, but I still like the experience. So for example, for, uh, for sailboats and, and yachting, I, I say, well, I don't necessarily want to own a yacht or a sailboat, 
but because then I have the headache of trying to maintain it and and also the headache of paying for it. But if if I know someone that has one and we're friends, then they'll say, hey, I know Nick likes this. Hey, come. So, for example, I love sailboats. I love sailboats. And I let everybody know that. And that's one of the things in the book. I say, tell people what you like so they'll know. And and so. Uh, Right now, there's a, a few friends of mine that, you know, I'm, I can't really do a lot of travel at the moment, but when I'm traveling again, they said, hey, when you come and visit me, we have a sailboat that we can take out. And then another friend uh, uh, has a friend that has a yacht who said, hey, when you come visit me, uh, I already talked to them. We can take the yacht out when you're here. And so I like sailboats. I like being on a yacht, but I don't have to own one. It's people that are I'm close with that are my friends. They want to show me a good time. They say, oh, I know he likes this. And then I get to go and experience that. And without having to actually, you know, try to buy one myself. And then I do the same for other people. So sometimes like when I went to Spain, on a, uh, a trip to do a uh, give a speech out there, I said, "Hey, uh, I think I'm going to get a, a sailboat for a day, and if anybody is around that wants to go, then let me know, and you can go too. Because you know, it's not just going to be me by myself out there. I might as well take some people. So um, there's these things that I I really enjoy or I want to experience, and so like the uh, the the fancy sports cars." Uh, I don't mind driving around a fancy sports car. I don't need it every day, but if somebody is saying, hey, why don't you drive this around today? Then I will say, yes, that would be nice. And then I get that experience of driving mm -hmm. around. And so I, I like the, the atmospheres, just like I think I mentioned in the book about polo. I don't know anything about polo, mm -hmm. really, but I go to polo all the time. I've seen a bunch of polo. I'm, I'm always at polo events because the atmosphere is so magical. I really like the atmosphere. It's beautiful. And uh, the the people there, you know, it's, it's a really interesting crowd on who goes to these things. And so I like to meet the people. I like to eat the food and just mingle just because it's such a such a, like a magical, interesting atmosphere that I always dreamed of as a kid. And now I get to to go. And once again, when I'm there, I get to observe, hey, what are people doing here? And so it's just fascinating to me. So I, I always wanted to have access to that, the high end stuff. And so also, yes, there are people there that are, you know, doing, you know, some pretty uh, intense uh, business and things like that. But, you know, that's not necessarily why I'm there. I'm not uh, trying to necessarily engage in business, even though maybe there might be an opportunity that presents itself while I'm there. Mm -hmm. But I, I just really like to have the option. So sometimes it says I'm not always just committing to go to high-end things. I'll go to many different events and they can be, uh, it could just be like a, a, a block party, uh, just on a, a street party at, in some neighborhood or something. I can go to something like that too. But, you know, I've always just been fascinated on all these different experiences. And some of those happen to be high-end experiences. And I didn't want to be limited. Since I felt my introversion had limited me growing mm -hmm. up, I said, I would like to have access to all the nice things that the world has to offer and I shouldn't be limited. So if there is a, a chance for me to be able to go to, you know, a private jet party, yes, I should go. Yeah. I think it's life is what you make it, isn't it? And we can do anything that we want to do. Um, and yeah, these, all these things that you're doing, they're things I'd never have thought of doing at all. But great experiences that you're having. Yes, it's uh, and and it gives you more, uh, more stories. You meet more people, and so yeah, some of the most fascinating people I've met uh, have not been at the fancy things. Some of them have been, you know, maids 
I've met some maids and janitors that have been just incredible, incredible people. And then, mm -hmm. but at some of the uh, fancy things, you know, where you're out, you know, riding in helicopters, or whatever, I've also met some really cool and interesting people. So, uh, and you get stories either way. There's going to be some cool stories that come out of, you know, just a simple backyard barbecue. And there's going to be some cool stories that come out of the, you know, going to Monaco or something, you know, there's going to be some kind of story and some relationship out of there. So I just wanted to uh, have access to that. And I wanted also to show people. So like in the book, I say, you know, you can upgrade your, your life and lifestyle. I wanted people to, uh, because before for me, I would say, well, how do you do that? You know, how would you get to do something like that? And there's all these things that you don't even know that people do that you find out later. You say, wow, that's a thing. I didn't even know <laughs> that, you know, the uh, they have these really cool. Uh, there's an event called uh, Race to Monaco. And so mm -hmm. you you drive these cars to before the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, some guys get together and they drive these race cars through Europe uh, and then they go to Monaco, arrive in Monaco and then watch the Grand Prix. And I said, I didn't even know that that existed. That's a thing. <laughs> and so there's there's these fun things that are out there that, you know, somebody might be interested in. And, you know, first I wanted to learn about, hey, what are the things that I don't know about out there that I might like? And then. Uh, the ones that I do like or I'm interested in, I wanted to have the opportunity to actually experience those and without having to be some billionaire or something to be able to do it. And so I found out through relationships with people, if you have real relationships, you can do all kinds of things. There's no limit. If you network the wrong way and you just try to meet people just to leverage them to try to get ahead, then that's the wrong way. And that, uh, that, isn't going to get you very far. But if you actually make real connections and real relationships with people that you actually enjoy being around and they enjoy being around you, you add value to them and they're adding value to you, then yeah, naturally you will get invited to all kinds of different things. And, you know, I invite people to things and people invite me and it, it just all balances out. No one's keeping score or anything. It's just, uh, I just wanted to uh, basically, at the end of the day, just have the opportunity and have the uh, access to be able to experience th things if I wanted to experience those things. Mm -hmm. No, it sounds great. Some of those pictures looked amazing, all the things that you were doing and driving the Maserati. That was <laughs> like, right, okay. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Thank you. Um, there's other things that um, you do as well. I believe you perform stand-up. Ah, yes. Yeah, you've really done your research. Yes, I, uh, I do some uh, stand-up comedy just because I I watch a lot of stand-up comedy and I said, oh, I can do some of this. I'm better than some of these people. And then so I decided, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do some myself. And so I, you know, put together some... Uh, some stand-up routines, and then I went out and and performed them. So in the future, look look for more of that because I plan to uh, to definitely do a lot more of that once uh, once society uh, opens back up and mm -hmm. uh, lets us get out there. I definitely plan on on getting some more stand-up comedy, and just because there's uh, with all these experiences that uh, we've discussed, there's a lot of funny stuff that happens when yeah. you're. <laughs> yeah. When you're out and and when you're observing people or when you're just traveling around the world, there there are funny things that you say, huh, this is really interesting. And so uh, I put those into the routine. So where do you do the stand-up comedy? Uh, it's usually locally here in, uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, we have uh, quite a few comedy clubs here. And, uh, but I, I do plan to branch out. I know I, I have a, a friend in my, through my network in New York who has a, a lot of uh, connections with uh, the uh, stand-up comedy uh, places in New York that he said that I can, uh, once those open 
all open back up, I should be able to get uh, quite a few spots out there in New York. So I definitely uh, am planning to do that and we'll get it all filmed and put up on YouTube or something. So it'll be, it'll be out there. So my day is coming. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. And so once again, that's one of those things where knowing people and being known and mm -hmm. having friends in all kinds of different spheres uh, and your friends know people as well. Uh, when there's something you say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And you just let people know, hey, I'm trying to do this. And then people will step up and say, oh, I have a way to help you do that. Mm -hmm. And so, and, you know, I do the same for people. If I know what they're doing, I might not necessarily have the connection uh, to whatever they're trying to do, but I might know someone that's just like my friend that knows someone that knows all the comedy uh, co comedy club uh, managers. Uh, so then he can help me and I can also help other people with their projects. So just through the relationships, if you uh, build quality relationships, then just doors open up, doors open up. If, if there's something that you find, hey, I wanna do more of this, your relationships, your people around you will help push you forward or pull you forward to help you uh, achieve those dreams. Mm. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, I think I read somewhere else that um, you, you like cooking as well. Yes, cooking was uh, like uh, therapeutic for me. It was very, uh, so when I was, I'd say 10 years old, uh, my parents, whatever they cooked one particular night, I didn't like. I remember uh, that it was horrible. And I said, I don't want to eat this. And they said, well, maybe you should try cooking. And I said, I think I will. And then so I, they had some cookbooks. I got the cookbooks out. I gave them a grocery list. And then they went and they bought the groceries and I, I cooked. And then they liked so, it. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. I can't hear you. The mic's just gone off. Yes. Okay. So we're live. Um, so I'm sorry. We're just going to have to start the cooking bit again. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about cooking um, and um, you were telling me the story of how when you were 10, you had something that you didn't like and your parents said, okay, well, you cook then. <laughs> yes. And so... Uh, I made a grocery list and I got some cookbooks that they had had and I made dinner and they really liked it and I liked it. And I said, well, let's just do this five days a week. And then that way I will know that I'm always having something that I like. And so it was a win-win situation because, you know, my parents would come home from work. I would have dinner ready for them when they got home. <laughs> and I always knew what we were having and it was going to be something that I liked. And so I, I just uh, started cooking. I'd experiment. I'd get more cookbooks, and I would just uh, – it's very therapeutic. I remember uh, I'd have friends over, and I would be baking a cake. I'd say, hey, you guys want a cake? And they'd say, yes. And then so i just start baking a cake. And then I, I remember getting mad if they started, you know, wrestling or making a lot of noise because it could make your cake fall. And I remember yelling at people saying, hey, you're going to make my cake fall. Cut it out. And I was thinking, how many young people are yell at their friends about possibly ruining their baking? Probably that is a rare thing that ever happens. But I, I really enjoy cooking. I cook a lot less now because uh, at, my, at my parents' house, they had a very elaborate kitchen with all the, all the nice little kitchen toys. And now I have a small kitchen that has a uh, much less uh, cooking thing. So if I do visit them, then I will cook over there. But at my place, I, I'll cook just simple, simple dishes. But on occasion, I'll have a, a dinner party or something like that. And mm -hmm. then I will, I'll make do, I will cook something with the equipment that I have. Uh, but uh, so I, I still enjoy it, but it's not at the same level as I was doing it before. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, now I, I, I enjoy going to restaurants and trying 
different dishes. And then sometimes I'll say, I think I can make this better. And then <laughs> I will try to beat whatever I had at the restaurant. And then if I can, then next time I'm at the restaurant, I'll say, you know, I think I can make this better. But <laughs> and, uh, and then some of my friends also will have contests, well, cooking contests to see who can make a certain dish the best. And uh, so I might go to their house and they'll cook it. Then they'll come to my house and I'll cook it. And then we'll go to a third person's house and, and we'll all cook the same thing. But and then we'll vote on who did it best. And so that's fun. It doesn't happen very often. I'd say maybe every other month. But uh, but it is still a good time. I get a lot of pleasure out of it. Mm. Yeah, I like baking. That's one of my favorite things. I'm not that fussed about the cooking. I can cook, but... I don't get as much pleasure out of cooking as I do out of baking. Yes. I, I love baking. It's um, something I really, really enjoy. Um, so you, the other thing that you mentioned, which must have been a bit of a pivotal moment, um, you declared bankruptcy when you were 20. Yes. That must have been quite a challenging thing to go through as well. That was very horrible, <laughs> yes. I remember uh, lying down on the floor, looking at the ceiling, thinking, because usually before when anything kind of bad would happen, I would lay down on the floor and think, okay, how am I going to get out of this? And most of the times I would have an idea. And then that time I thought, hey, there's no idea coming. I think I'm just, I think I'm just in this. And so I, there was no getting out of it. I had to actually go through it but it was a very humbling experience and I learned a lot from it, which I think, I think was really good. In hindsight, I think it was really good because it uh, taught me not to be as, you know, uh, I have a very, uh, I guess, high risk tolerance. Uh, so I can, uh, I learned to kind of dial that in a little bit more and mm -hmm. not risk as much and make better decisions and not be as greedy as I as I was back in those days, and so it was definitely a pivotal moment in uh, learning how to not let greed uh, take over, mm. take over because it was. Uh, I definitely did get uh, a big ego, and I definitely was greedy in the pivotal moments before you know losing my money and having to declare bankruptcy. But uh, I guess. If I had to choose declaring bankruptcy at 20 or at 40, I think 20 is better to do it. <laughs> you know, get it out of the way early. Yeah. And you were, you were trading at that point, were you? Yes, I was trading commodity futures. Uh, and it was really exciting. It was really fun and exciting. But then the problem is you start, uh, especially if you start winning really early, you start believing you know what you're doing. So nobody can tell you anything because you say, oh, I know what I'm doing, I'm the best at this. And then uh, sooner or later, something comes along to humble you and let you know, maybe you don't know as much as you thought you did. And, uh, but that's a, a thing that a lot of uh, people learn growing up. And it might not necessarily be through you know, a bankruptcy, but most people growing up uh, think that they assume that they know more than they do. And sooner or later that does end up biting a lot of people and they learn a lesson. And hopefully it's a lesson that you can recover from. Like I was able to recover from that. Uh, some people, they, when the lesson is learned, they, it's, you know, they're unable to recover from it. So mm. I'm, I'm thankful for that, that lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think as you go through life, you learn different things and you go through experiences that kind of inform your journey as well and perhaps give you a bit more wisdom along the way. Um, yeah. what's, what are you planning to do next? Have you got any plans coming up or things that you'd like to do next? I'm, I'm guessing you've probably got a list. <laughs> No, so as far as projects, or do you mean like uh, well, travel anything, with hobbies? Anything really. What will the next year hold for you? Or what oh, would you yeah. like to hold for you? 
I would like to uh, do more speaking. So uh, hopefully everything, travel eases up because I want to get out on the road and travel some more. I'd like to get some speaking in uh, to you know, share this message about you know, uh, helping introverts. And also would like to get some comedy, uh, some stand-up comedy done as well. And then uh, there's travel. I, I, I would like to do a lot of uh, Eastern Europe travel. And uh, so I would like to get some of that done here in, in the next year if, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm able to travel. Uh, yeah, and so I guess it all comes down to travel. So the speaking, yeah. the stand-up comedy, and the uh, going around visiting Eastern Europe, uh, I would, uh, I, that, that's basically uh, what I envision for the next year coming up. That sounds really good. Well, it's been really interesting talking to you and I love the book. I've, I'm going to have to have a, I had to sort of read it quite quickly because we were talking, but yeah. it's one of those that I need to go back and really look at the different um, suggestions that you've got in there because I know there's lots of them that I can use in my own networking and growing my network. But yeah, it's just really great talking to somebody else who is also an introvert and um, understands how we tick. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. And any of your listeners that want to check out the book, it's called An Introvert's Guide to World Domination. And uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. Put the link in um, the show notes. All right. Thank you. I definitely appreciate it. It's been wonderful, wonderful talking to you. Thank you. You too.